the conference realignment, Big 12 expansion, is finally starting to take a little bit of shape. We'll look at what's being discussed right now. Plus, I met with John Williams of Locked On Sooners and Stephen Simcox of Locked On Horn Frogs to talk about how we think our teams will look this season, this weekend's slate of games, and what it means to be fans of our respective schools. All of that on today's episode of Locked On Pokes. You are Locked On Pokes, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. What is up, Cowboy fans? Welcome to the Locked On Pokes podcast, your daily Oklahoma State podcast here on the Locked On College Network. I'm your host, Lyndall Godfrey, host of Fantasy Football Confidential, an avid Oklahoma State fan. You can follow me on Twitter at Lindellians. You can follow the show at Locked underscore on underscore pokes on Twitter or the Locked on Pokes Facebook page. Make sure you follow or subscribe on your favorite podcast app to get the latest shows every weekday here with Locked on Pokes. The NFL season is about to begin and nobody covers it like the Locked on Podcast Network. August 30th through September 8th, Locked on's ultimate season preview is taking you through every team and every division with the help of Odyssey's Ross Tucker and Jason Lancafora, follow the Ultimate Season Preview 2021 feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts to tune in beginning August 30th. Uh, I said we finally have some kind of concrete rumor. I mean, I think it's still probably a rumor, but some kind of concrete storylines coming out about the realignment, about the Big 12 expansion, and it does sound like BYU, UCF, Houston, and Cincinnati are all four going to apply to be brought into the Big 12. The Big 12 will vote on it. Now, I saw a tweet today that OU and Texas are not happy about the additions of these four new schools. It may happen before both OU and Texas are fully out of the Big 12. Quite frankly, I don't care how they feel about the expansion because they decided not to be a part of the Big 12 anymore. UCF played against Boise State, who we will be facing off off against in the coming weeks. On Thursday night, it was a great game. I've talked about both BYU and UCF bringing a solid fan base to the Big 12. I really like this move. We'll see if it ultimately can keep us afloat, but I, I do like the idea of adding four schools that are all four up-and-coming big fan bases with potential to bring good competition to the Big 12. I think it'll work out really well for the remaining schools. We'll see how it all pans out. It's going to be an interesting month of September. They're saying that they think they'll have an announcement by the end of the month, but we'll just have to see You know, if, if they all get voted in, if they all actually do apply to come to the Big 12. It'll be an interesting, dramatic journey. I'm sure it's been dramatic so far, so I don't imagine that's going to change much. Coming up, a clip from a conversation with Josh and Steven regarding Oklahoma State's identity heading into the year. But first, I have to tell you about one of the sponsors of today's podcast, our buddies over at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar out there, and you can get 15% off your order at Built.com with promo code LOCKED15. 
It tastes like a candy bar, but it's a healthy option for a sweet treat. 17 to 18 grams of protein and only 4 to 5 grams of sugar. Built Bar has 9 flavors, ranging from coconut to salted caramel to German chocolate. You can literally get me to buy anything if you slap a salted caramel sticker on it. If you're adventurous and looking to try every flavor, you can check out Built Bar's Mix Box, where you get two of each of the nine flavors over on Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Again, head over to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. That's LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. Steven, let's start with you. Looking at the TCU Horn Frogs, you got Max Duggan. This is a team that's being slated as kind of a dark horse in the Big 12. What is it exactly that has people so excited about TCU in 2021? A lot of experience coming back. I mean, you start with Max Duggan. It'll be his third full year starting. Um, really his first full off season with the craziness of COVID last year. And then he had the heart issue going into fall camp that set him back a little bit. So he's going to have to make a, a jump, but I think uh, the conditions are there for him to do it. And um, on the outside, some playmakers like Quentin Johnson, uh, an offensive line that people think is going to be improved, a really good running back in Zach Evans. And you couple that with a defense um, that has a, a good secondary coming back. There's some questions on the front seven, but I, I really feel like, you know, Gary Patterson will figure out the defense as the year goes on. So um, a tough schedule. I mean, the non-con slate, aside from this uh, Duquesne game coming up this weekend, Cal and SMU, I think those will be some good measuring sticks for this team. On the road at maybe the best three teams in the conference, right? Like you're playing in Norman and Ames and Stillwater this year. Um, so I think they could be better and still end up being eight and four, nine and three, something like that. But um, this is the year that they've been building towards for the last few seasons and they have a lot of returning production coming back. I think if this wasn't um, a post COVID year where there's a lot of teams with extra eligibility and guys that uh, are, are playing another season in college, they would probably be, you know, maybe fighting for a big 12 championship, but this is a, a deep conference this year. So uh, TCU set up pretty well. It, it has to come together on the field. I, I still think you're banking on uh, a couple of what ifs and the biggest one being, can your quarterback make, consistent plays in the pocket and make you know that passing game a legitimate threat but if that happens then I feel like the ceiling for this TCU squad is pretty high and now turning over to Linda we had one returning quarterback with Max Duggan over at TCU we got another one coming back in Spencer Sanders however lost Tylen Wallace lost Chuba Hubbard to the NFL Oklahoma State is still kind of being slated as one of those teams that could contend for the Big 12. What is it that has people so excited about Oklahoma State heading into 2021? Well, I think a lot of it comes with the confidence that Mike Gundy's put into Spencer Sanders all offseason. He's been saying uh, how much he's grown by leaps and bounds, and I hope that he has because his decision-making has been questionable in the past. When you have a quarterback that can do both run and throw – that's fantastic. But if they're better at running than they are throwing that, that I'm concerned about it. So everything that Mike Gundy has been saying has put confidence in the fan base into Spencer Sanders, but the offensive line should be better than last year. The defense is returning almost everybody. You know, we lost to Ogbog Bamigo. We lost Rodarius Williams 
to the Chargers and the uh, New York Giants, but the the defense really returns a pretty solid group. They were a very group good group last year, and the Big 12, you guys know we get harped on a lot for not having fantastic defenses, so it's nice to have a strong returning defense, a third down lockdown defense. I think they'll be fantastic this year. I'm really excited about the young wide receiver room. There are a lot of great young talents coming in in uh but uh tay martin who is i think going to take that tylen wallace role everything i've seen from him and i went to the spring game everybody looked fantastic um i i'm just i'll be interested mostly to see the offensive line in the running back room because the depth chart came out and mike gundy had all four running backs listed not as starters but as as options to kind of go in and out of. So I think the non-conference games leading into the season will kind of lend to how we see the running back room play out. And if that offensive line can make the jump that I hope that they can to be a more solidified unit this season, then the sky's the limit for Oklahoma State. If So those are the three things for me. Spencer Sanders making better decisions, throwing the football, the offensive line being a consistent lockdown group and how the running back room plays out. Yeah, certainly important aspects of your team. I think the thing that you mentioned that hit me the most is that if you don't have a quarterback in today's college football that can actually throw the ball, you're going to struggle a little bit. Uh, you can't just be a guy that's a 50% passer like Nebraska had last week and expect to be competitive. Um, Linda, sticking with you, what are you thinking is kind of the ceiling for Oklahoma state this year. Do you think they are a team that's going to be capable of kind of reaching the big 12 championship contending and then knocking off an Iowa state or Oklahoma? So I know people are very high on Iowa state and it, it being an, uh, sooner as Iowa St- or cyclones kind of top two situation in the big 12 right now. I do think Oklahoma state has the chance to beat both based solely on I, I think when they play the Sooners at the end of the season in Stillwater, the mentality is there's going to be so much more like grit and anger on the line just because of what's happening with the realignment. And sorry, I, yeah, mm, it doesn't feel like you're sorry, but we'll, we'll talk about it. But uh, the uh, just, I think the, the mindset going into this season is going to be a lot stronger than, than a usual season. And so I, I, I mean, I always think they have a chance at the Big 12 championship, but I, I genuinely believe that they have that shot. Their defense, I think, is maybe the best in the Big 12. And if they can shut down a offensive uh, powerhouse of a conference like the Big 12 brings every year, then they have just as good a chance as Iowa State to go up against the Sooners in the Big 12 championship. Yeah, it's going to come down for Oklahoma to, I mean, TCU, Oklahoma State, Iowa State. I mean, a lot of people just kind of assume that Oklahoma is going to win it. But the Big 12 is deeper, I feel like, this year than it's been in, in a while. And I think a lot of it is the amount of returning players you have. Even at West Virginia, you got a Jarrett Dodge coming back. You got a good defense coming back with Baylor. I mean, Baylor gave Oklahoma fits last year and didn't have an offense to go with it. Uh, you know, Iowa State's going to be good. Oklahoma State's going to be good. TCU's going to be good. I mean, Texas Tech, if they can actually find some consistency, who knows what they're going to bring. I feel like, to me, just looking at this defense or the, the conference from top to bottom, it's really hard 
to not like a lot of the teams. I mean, Kansas State, we haven't talked about them yet. And I mean, they've been Oklahoma's kryptonite the last couple of years. And they're bringing back a lot of really good players too. And arguably one of the hottest coaches in college football and Chris Kleiman. So, so Steven, you know, looking at the, the depth of the conference, like, you know, TCU is going to be right there, Oklahoma state, Oklahoma, Iowa state. Who do you think is kind of the team that could jump up and really surprise in the conference this year? That's a good question. Uh, You know, West Virginia comes to mind. I know, along with, with Daigie, Letty Brown's back. And I just think Neil Brown's a good coach. That's a tough place to play in Morgantown. Um, and then the other team I'll say, and it, it's kind of funny because we don't really know about their quarterback situation, but you mentioned Baylor's defense. And I just – I think if Gary Bohannon can show some ability to throw the football, I know he's a, a good running quarterback and a big guy who can get downhill, um, then that could be a, a tough team to beat. You know, Dave Aranda, I just – I think there was such little that you could actually gain from or assess from what they did last year with the COVID year and it being his first season. Uh, that'd be a huge jump for them. And I'm not saying necessarily they could be a team that is playing for a Big 12 title. But I, I do think you make a good point, John. This might be like from start to finish, as good as Oklahoma is projected to be, the toughest schedule they're going to have to get through. Like I, I think there is more potential for – a random, you know, oh, we lost this game on the road. And you've seen that in the past against K-State um, and, and others. But, yeah, it is a deep conference. I mean, aside from KU, uh, I feel like just about everybody is pretty pretty bullish on what they have. Even Texas Tech, I'm not a big Tyler Shuck believer, but I know that he's has some hype and Matt Wells is uh, certainly going to be motivated to get it done in, in a year where he's probably on the hot seat. Uh, but yeah, West Virginia and Baylor, the two that come to mind that are sort of, I guess, middle of the pack that I could see um, making a run at that top tier of, you know, four or five teams right now. And Linda, let's go to you real quick. Who do you think is a team that, you know, has high expectations? I mean, you mentioned Iowa State, but who's somebody you think might disappoint based on preseason projections? Do you really want to go there, John? Or right. <laughs> I, I mean... Listen, outside of OU, who I always think, like, people love Spencer Rattler, and I think that's great. I have some reserves about what I've seen just when he goes to the NFL at the NFL level. I think he'll be fine in college. But when you set an expectation so high, it's pretty easy to miss on. So I could see OU having an over-projected offense. That being said, I think Iowa State is is my answer there. I understand the upside and and the excitement behind the team that's being built there but I wouldn't be surprised to see them kind of finish middle of the pack uh once once it's all said and done this season and you you wouldn't be alone I think the the potential outcomes for Iowa State are about as random as anybody in the conference yeah I think you know, Josh Pate from 247 Sports, he picks them to win the Big 12 and go to the college football playoff. He's about the only person I've seen do that. Um, but hey, credit to him going out on them. I love Matt Campbell. I think he's a great head coach. Brock Purdy, he's been up and down in his career. Brees Hall, that's my dude. If you've listened to Locked On Sooners for the last year, you know my affinity for Brees Hall. Uh, and then it's and, and then you hope that the defense is as good as it was last year with guys like Mike Rose and Will McDonald coming back as well. And so I think, again, but 
they're going to have to overcome a tough big 12 schedule. Like we talked about. And, you know, for Oklahoma, we don't really have much of a non-conference schedule. We start with Tulane on Saturday and we got Western Carolina coming to town. And then we got the Nebraska Cornhuskers, the embarrassingly terrible Nebraska Cornhuskers. Sorry. It's always fun to rag on Nebraska. Um, (laughs) You know, it's interesting. You know, they, they fired Bo Pelini who they had to get rid of because he was just a toxic head coach. And they just haven't done anything since. So maybe they, they need to find somebody that's kind of Bo Pelini-ish, but maybe not so toxic. Um, In a minute, how we feel about the slate of Big 12 games this weekend, plus what the best thing about being a fan of our respective schools is. Make sure you check out the Locked on Pokes Twitter page and let me know what your favorite thing about being an Oklahoma State fan is. But first, betonline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. It's that time of year again when all eyes turn to football as players return to the gridiron. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest, open now at betonline.ag. Be sure to take advantage of promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 100% welcome bonus. If you've been jonesing to make your first NFL bet like I have all offseason, now is your chance for the September 9th Cowboys vs. Buccaneers season opener. If you're new and lose, betonline.ag will refund your wager up to $25. If football isn't your taste, you can bet anything from basketball to baseball and even your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Be sure to use promo code locked on. Again, that's promo code locked on for your welcome bonus. Bet online, your online sportsbooks expert. Kind of Bo Pelini ish, but maybe not so toxic. Um, so let's kind of just look at this slate of games a little bit. Uh, it's a, you know, there's a couple really interesting games on the schedule. There's a couple that are fairly interesting and then there's a couple that are like eh, we'll see what happens let's start with south dakota and kansas is this a, can, can kansas win a game are they going to be able to start the game off or the season off one or no steven do they get to wear their new uniforms i hope so do y'all <laughs> like the baby blue on dark blue i thought that looked kind of whack to be honest. it looks oh, very tennessee titans to me but oh yeah yeah I mean as a whole I mean they deserve something excited you know they should be excited about something so if it's uniforms let them have it I mean if they don't if they don't win this week John I think uh they're in trouble right as far as getting a dub (laughs) now Lance Leipold he comes with a good reputation obviously but um they had less miles and then they went through another whole system and, and spring ball and now uh, Lance comes in as well. Yeah, I think I think they get a victory, and it might be their only one this year. Um, but South Dakota, it's not South Dakota State who played in the FCS championship game, so I feel like maybe they'll 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 get it done in Lawrence this weekend. Yeah, what do you think, Linda? I would agree. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give KU the dub this weekend, and then it gets very bleak pretty quickly. 
Yeah, I think for me, the the win is just being able to put a competent football team on the field after the last miles era. And you hope that they give Lance Leopold some some leash, right, to build a program and actually have some patience. And and you kind of hope that, and if you're Kansas, you're hoping that he decides to stick around for a while. Um, so then let's go to the Saturday slate. We got the first one. Let's talk about the biggest game on the schedule, probably in my mind. Um, and that, I think it's Stanford and Kansas State. And, you know, I think a lot of people are looking at that Texas-Louisiana game. But to me, two Power 5 teams, Kansas State and Stanford, kicking off their season with, with a big, big matchup. How do you think this one's going to go, Linda? I, I mean, okay, because of where we're at with the realignment, <clears throat> OU, I, um, I have to be pulling for my big 12 teams. I do think Stanford will be a fine team this year, but I think K-State K- probably comes away with the win. Again, even if, even if the talent that they both roll out onto the field is the exact same, the mindset in big 12 teams has to be to come away with wins to make good TV football. So I, I think K-State can pull that off this weekend. Yeah, what about you, Stephen? What do you think? Tyler Thompson was this year seven of, of his reign as, as K-State quarterback coming back. Um, man, it's interesting. Like, I felt like I could not get a read on K-State all year. They started the season really well, came up with a couple upset wins, and then faded down the stretch. I know a lot of that was people sort of got the book on Will Howard, and then that offense was a lot more limited. Um, I, I'm, I hope K-State pulls it out. If, if I'm making a pick, I'll go with Stanford. I just think a little more polished uh, there with David Shaw, and, and they get the victory. I, I do feel like K-State will be um, another tough team on the schedule for a lot of Big 12 teams, though, and I like Chris Kleiman a lot. I like the identity and the toughness he's brought and, and sort of stayed there following Bill Snyder, but I don't see them winning uh, this one in week one. It's, it's a tough opener against Stanford. Yeah, and I think I'm probably going to go with, with the Wildcats at home to open the season. And if anything, it's a win for everybody because we get to watch Deuce Vaughn play football on Saturday. So at least I'll, I'll watch it in recording, but it'll, it'll be fun to watch them. Let's go to the next 11 o'clock game, and that's the Tulane Green Wave going on the road now because of Hurricane Ida to face the Oklahoma Sooners in Norman. How do you all see this one playing out? Stephen, let's start with you. Um, I mean, obviously, I, I think OU's going to win the game. Uh, and, and prayers to the Tulane guys. I know it's been a really tough week. Um, month, whatever, you know, the, the case may be, and getting displaced like that's hard. Uh, so there might be some emotion there that carries them for a little bit, but the, the talent eventually will, will um, just kind of overwhelm. But I like Willie Fritz a lot, and uh, it's a good opener for OU. I mean, it's not a game you're necessarily worried about losing, but it's a, an opponent that you're at least going to have to work and get a good, good look at what you can do and what you can't do well uh, to start the season. Yeah, it's a solid, it's a solid group of five team. You know, they're not the best group of five team, but they're kind of in the middle, middle pack there. And, and I kind of tend to agree with you there. I think there'll be some emotions that help kind of carry Tulane in the first quarter, first half of the game, but Oklahoma eventually pulls away. Linda, how do you feel this one's going to go? Yeah, I just think it's a good opportunity for the Sooners to kind of see some of the depth of both the offense and the defense to kind of, you know, they, get out uh, in a quick lead and then you can play some of the second, third string guys so that they get some playing time, some real full-time college football experience. 
but I, I don't see any way OU doesn't walk away with that win. Yeah, and might be our first opportunity to see the 2020 uh, number one quarterback in Caleb Williams. So right. That could be a lot of I fun. I mean, or 2021 number one quarterback in Caleb Williams. So that could be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to that one myself. Uh, let's turn to uh, West Virginia and Maryland. Maybe a, a future Big Ten conference game. Who knows? We'll see if realignment goes the way it's going to go. It's still weird to me that Maryland's in the Big Ten. I'm sorry. That, that just doesn't sit right in my mind. It's still bizarre. It doesn't make any sense. Them and Rutgers don't belong in the Big Ten. No. That's, but whatever. But whatever. All right. So Maryland at home against West Virginia. Linda, what do you, you think is going to happen? Do you think the Mountaineers are going to be able to pull off a big non-conference win? Uh, I mean, they're favored by, I think, just under three points. So that that brings me pause kind of right out of the gate. That being said, I think West Virginia is another underdog kind of team. They're a team that nobody ever thinks about, and they always are a dog in the fight. So I think they'll pull out a win, but it may be one of the closer non-conference Big 12 games this weekend. So, But I, I think West Virginia really does always – kind of show up stronger than we anticipate they will. Yeah. And what about you, Stephen? What do you think? How do you think this one's going to turn out? I like West Virginia for two reasons. One, um, I trust Neil Brown. Two, I'll be honest, I don't know much about Maryland football. And I think the year will go on and I probably won't learn much about Maryland football because I don't think they're going to be much of a factor. So, uh, yeah, go ears. Get it done for the Big 12. Yeah. I mean, if it was Texas playing Maryland, we might have to worry about it a little bit. That's right. And uh, for uniforms, let's just hope that they put something on TV that doesn't blind everybody. I think, you know, if you're just to talk uniforms for a second, since we already touched on Kansas, but like for me, like Oregon is kind of like the number one uniform team in college football, just with all the variety. I'm a big fan of the variety. I love it. The alternates and stuff like that. But then I think Maryland's at like the far end of the other spectrum, like maybe one of the worst teams in college football as far as what they put on the field on a regular basis but i don't know that's just me i digress uh then let's go to iowa state they're gonna get to play in-state rival northern iowa no not really they're not really in-state rival but uh you know this one it's iowa state they're gonna walk away with a big win the question is gonna be how big uh let's let's do this instead of predicting who's gonna win how many rushing yards do you think Brees hall is gonna run for uh linda let's let's start with you on that well, here's the thing with these non-conference games and like, I don't know if I'm just stuck in like NFL preseason brain, but I start thinking about like backups getting a chance to get some time on the field. Yeah. So I'll say, I'll say just over 170. We'll go 175 before they're like, all right, you're good. Yeah. The way you preface that, I thought you were going to go much lower. So I, I like where you're headed. Cause I think he's going to run. He's he'll hit some big runs because that's what Brees yeah. does. So Stephen, what do you think? If we set the over under at like 125, would you take the over or the under? I'd go over. I think he has a very efficient, like 135, pretty light workload, but breaks off some big runs and they get him out of there. And uh, yeah, Northern Iowa, I have a soft spot for them because I always like playing with them on NCAA football because they played in a dome. Okay. So let's bring the game back, guys, because we got NIL in here. And, right. uh, yeah, I, but Iowa State wins comfortably, obviously. Speaking of NCAA football, my favorite team to always play with was UNT. And mm-hmm. I always like to just take one of their running backs and make him my quarterback and then run the, the wishbone, run that triple option. That's all I would ever do. I'd run dive, 
I'd run dive out of 11 personnel and then I'd run the triple option. That's it. Move over Lincoln Riley. <laughs> That's right. No, I mean, when you, don't, <laughs> when you have a UNT quarterback, why are you going to try and throw the ball? You just run it every time and you end up running for a bunch of yards. Um, so then let's go on to, now this is a game that features two ranked opponents in the top 25 preseason polls in Louisiana and Texas. Some people are thinking Louisiana actually could knock off the Longhorns in Austin. How devastating would that be for the uh, new era in Austin? They uh, should Steve probably Sarkeesian. get used to it. They should probably get used to it. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, heading east to play schools in Louisiana um, early in the season, it, it's going to be their future. Maybe not a good future for the Longhorns, but it's going to be their future. Now, does the Steve Sarkeesian era start off with a win, Linda? You know, like when I look at at schools that are getting a new quarterback that are having to, and they just announced their starting quarterback like three days ago, none of the quarterbacks on the roster have ever started a college football game. That's concerning. It, it It's a different speed than what they're used to. So getting adjusted to that, it's nice and non-conference when you're playing somebody like Missouri State or like South Dakota. But when you go up against somebody that's already ranked, alongside you I think that's that's concerning I love to make fun of Texas for every season being back and this year again you know they they've decided they're going to go to the SEC and take over the world and I find it fairly comical I wish that I could be like well they're in the big 12 so I have to root for him but I probably won't be because I'm petty (laughs) and that's not their fault it's my fault but I, I I I'm not sure I I'm comfortable saying which team wins because I don't know how I'm going to view their quarterback play coming into the season. I, I, I think it'll be a very good game that I will watch hundred percent of just to see what uh, Texas is made of this year. But I think, I think it'll be a good game. Steven, does Louisiana put the brakes on Steve Sarkeesian's debut? Well, I'll start by saying I was really surprised. I mean, congratulations to Hudson Card for running that job, but I, I thought it was going to be Casey Thompson, so that sort of blew me away a little bit. Um, as the host of Locked on Horn Frogs, I'm supposed to be an unbiased media observer. I don't care about that when it comes to Texas. Uh, Louisiana wins. They spoil Steve Sarkeesian's debut. Longhorns, your decade-plus of mediocrity is the reason why I'm going to be watching American Conference football soon, so I hope you lose by 40. So the Big 12 officials have just thrown the flag on the show because we've all thrown the horns down. And uh, so, yeah, I think we can all agree that uh, a Texas loss is just enjoyable for everybody involved, unless you're a Texas fan. But it's always enjoyable to see Texas fans go irate when they lose to a team they think they should beat because they think they're better than everybody. Anyway, sorry, moving on. I'll digress again. Uh, Let's talk about the last game on the Big 12 slate. Not and not the least, but Oklahoma State opens up with Oklahoma's opening opponent from 2020, Missouri State. Now, Linda, we'll start with you on this one. How many touchdown passes does Spencer Sanders throw? Because we we're just gonna assume that Oklahoma State's gonna win the game. Because I believe that right. they will. If they don't, it's a that's a huge issue. But uh, yeah, how do you how do you feel like this is gonna go for Spencer Sanders in his debut? I think it'll go really well. Like I said, out of the jump, I will be paying attention to the offensive line. If they can give him more time to throw, give him more time to work through his progressions. And 
he doesn't tuck and run at the immediate site of uh, concern, that would be fantastic. So I'm less concerned with the amount of touchdown throws that he has as I am with just his decision-making as a whole. But I, if he comes away with two touchdown passes and one on the ground, I'll be a very happy camper. I wouldn't be surprised to see some Shane Illingworth to see some uh, Thompson come in at the very end to just kind of clean up and and give make sure Spencer's healthy for uh, conference play. But all in all, it's just about making sure that he makes the right decisions and that offensive line protecting him and and he doesn't tuck and run at the side of concern. Stephen, what do you expect to see from Oklahoma State in this matchup on Saturday? Uh, I think they win big. And the main thing I want to see from this game is Pokes fans, Bobby Petrino will be in your stadium. Don't let me down. I hope I see a few neck braces. I hope I see some pictures of motorcycles. Like, let's have some fun. Uh, I don't know anything about Missouri State other than that. So, yeah, big win for Oklahoma State. And then real quick, let's go through the last few games on this on the slate. We've got Texas Tech versus Houston. Steven, how's that one going to play out? It's actually a decent matchup. Yeah, it is. I like Tech, uh, but it, the thing that intrigues me most from this game is I really thought that Holgerson hire was a great thing for Houston. It did not pan out in year one. So with more normal conditions, what do uh, the Cougs look like? But, yeah, it's a fun uh, week one matchup. Yeah, what do you think, Linda? I agree. I think it'll be a great game to watch. I'll be keeping a close eye on Houston because it's a, a team that the Big 12 has uh, rumored to be eyeing to join the Big 12. So I, I'll be keeping an extra eye on it, but I think I think Texas Tech ends up with the win. And then we got Baylor versus Texas State. We get to see that Dave Aranda defense in year two. Linda, how do you think this one plays out? I think Baylor comes away with that win just just on defense alone. And Steven, how many do you think Baylor's going to be able to get a couple of defensive touchdowns in this one? I can see that definitely. I still don't understand this game's being played in San Marcos, America, which is weird. Uh, but okay, fine. I've heard that's a big party school from sources. Um, and yeah, Baylor wins big. Uh, but I think they score on defense for sure, John. I, I feel like Jalen Petrie probably has a pick six. It's a very that, underrated uh, Texas town. I like San Marcos. Yeah, that that uh, I've heard from sources felt a whole lot like, well, my friend told me, but it's yeah. like, not your friend. Let's see you. Friend. Yeah. friend. <laughs> well, I'll just say that it holds a special place in my heart because that's the place that my lacrosse team, we won our, our conference championship there and a big 21 to 12 uh, annihilation of nickel state. So Ooh. shout out University of Texas Arlington Mavericks 2004. Um, yes, I'm that old. Uh, so the last thing we want to do on this special edition of Locked On Big 12 preview, this is not the Locked On Big 12 podcast, but this is a Big 12 preview. Uh, we want to do something that Locked On is doing right now. We want to hear what makes each of our fan bases the best fan base in college football. So, Linda, I want to start with you. What makes the Oklahoma State Cowboys fan base the best fan base in college football? It's undoubtedly the camaraderie. Even when your grotesque Sooner fans roll into town, we greet them with gratitude. You can come do a shot at our tailgate. We're like, we're watching Big 12 on other TVs. We're rooting for other Big 12 teams. It's such a fantastic place to be on Saturdays in Stillwater on game day, like on the ground. You drive into Stillwater, it is orange as far as your eye can see. 
And it's just, it doesn't matter if you're from K-State, it doesn't matter if you're from TCU, uh, Sooners, it doesn't matter. As, as long as we can all be civil and we know like we're there to watch literal kids, some of them 18 years old, play a sport. Like it, it's just, it's such a wholesome family brotherhood kind of feeling. It's, it's my favorite place to be. Yeah, and T, uh, Stephen, let's, let's talk about TCU. What makes the Horned Frogs fan base the best fan base in college football? Yeah, I'd say uh, small but mighty is probably the word. It's it's a small private school, small school in the Big 12. Um, and because of that, and because of a lot of older fans that sat through days in the WAC and Conference USA, I feel like there's a us against the world factor when we all get together and watch a game in the Carter. Um, but it's a, a fun atmosphere, a really passionate fan base. The people that love the school, love the school and will uh, go to bat for it at any time. So um, I, I think it's an underrated uh, kind of gym in there in Fort Worth if you ever get out to watch a game there at Amon G on a Saturday afternoon. Yeah, and for the Sooners, I think it's – they are very consistent fan base. They will show up for softball in the same way that they show up for football. When, when they show up for basketball, I mean, it, it's fire, 100% support. They get behind their team. They get behind their players. You get on message boards, and they're just a very supportive fan base. They, they just love their teams. They love their players. They love their coaches. And you very rarely see criticism. And I think that's refreshing at times. And, and maybe it's, I'm not a part of the, the right Facebook groups. I don't know. But it's refreshing. Like, as a Dallas Cowboys fan, I constantly am seeing, like, criticism after critic that's all you ever hear is just people critiquing the team and, and it's it's hard to like engage that sometimes you just get worn out with it but with Oklahoma Sooners fans like everybody's just like so encouraging and excited and just they want they just have a lot of fun following this football team and the thing that I've really enjoyed this week in particular is just the the response to uh Tulane Tulane's fans you know I've seen countless posts and and tweets and uh, of people really trying to go out on the limb and raise money for, you know, what's going on in New, in New Orleans and Louisiana uh, to help support Tulane, the, the school, and then the surrounding areas. So um, just the heart, I think, that Oklahoma fans pour out, not only on their team, but on teams around the, around the nation as well. So except for Longhorns fans. Now we're going to passionately, continually dislike Longhorns fans. And I think on, that's on some, that's something we can all agree on. Yeah, it's right. really nice for you to bring up charity. And I'm like, when nasty Sooners fans come to town, <laughs> you're like, and we... <laughs> well, I've got to uphold my reputation. I've, I've been dubbed the nicest guy on Twitter. And so I got to oh. keep that reputation up somehow. I, I get reported on Twitter like once a week. So that's definitely not me. That will do it for another week of Locked on Pokes. Make sure you check back in on Monday so we can pick apart Saturday's hopeful win against Missouri State. Remember, you can find me at Lindellians on Twitter or follow the show page at Locked underscore on underscore Pokes on Twitter or the Locked on Pokes Facebook page. Betting on the NFL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. I'll talk to you all next week. Go Pokes!